Hey folks, before we get started, wanted to discuss our brand new sponsor here at the Brian Nichols Show. And it's one you are familiar with because it is the one and only We Are Libertarians Network, but I have a little bit of a surprise. Yes, we have merch. The We Are Libertarians store is alive and active, and it can be found in the show notes. And guys, I, oh my goodness, we have some fantastic um, some fantastic shirts. Uh, so we have some We Are Libertarian shirts, uh, both with the new logo um, that was re- recently designed, but also the the uh, the old OG logo as well with the Statue of Liberty um, and the Sunburst. Uh, we also have uh, I, uh, I Heart Roads, or I Heart My Roads, uh, My Road. Um, yours truly, The Brian Nichols Show. We have our brand new, super, super schmexy Brian Nichols Show logo there on a, a couple of shirts. Um, we have polos, we have uh, posters, we have magnets, we have masks. Masks are pretty much mandatory everywhere. If you need a mask, get a Brian Nichols Show mask or a We Are Libertarians mask. You need a coffee cup or a, a knit beanie. I call them a toque up in northern New York, but everybody says I'm an idiot because I say toque and not beanie. Whatever. But you can get that too. And it does say We Are Libertarians, of course. Um, Gingerarchy has uh, some uh, some great shirts there as well. Another one of our fantastic shows. So click the link in the show notes. Support the We Are Libertarians store, but support your friends here at We Are Libertarians by rocking some awesome merch. So, with that, on to the show. Can I pause for a second and, and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes, like, homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest-growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Happy July 4th weekend, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. A special episode for you this week. Um, obviously, we're, we're going into the July 4th holiday here, and uh, you're, you're listening to this on July 4th, and I want to have a special episode here for July 4th, and it's actually funny. It's not focused on anything overtly political. Actually, the episode itself is overtly non-political, and that's exactly why I wanted to have the episode air today, because I think for July 4th, we need to take a, a second to step back from politics and really just kind of get back to appreciating each other on a human-to-human basis. Uh, so today is actually an episode that I recorded way back at the beginning of the pandemic uh, with Adam Nutter. Now, Adam is as uh, a stand-up comedian, also a libertarian, um, and to discuss being a libertarian, but also being a stand-up comedian, um, you know, being able just to... to live his life as a comedian, talking about the nuances of, of comedy, and and honestly, just a step away from the political world that we find ourselves living in, honestly, 24-7, seven days a week. It, it doesn't seem to ever turn off. So, my, my challenge to you today on this July 4th weekend is to enjoy today's episode, to take a step back from politics, to actually unplug for a little bit, spend some time with family and friends, look at your family and friends as, yes, family and friends, not political foes, not as someone who you need to convince, look at them as your your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, best friend, just look at them as people, because that's who they are, and at the end of the day, that's how we're going to be able to actually live together in this, this just absolutely chaotic country right now where we are, we need to be able to have conversations with each other, and it really comes down to being really people, <laughs> being humans, interacting with each other humanly, so with that being said, Adam Nutter joins the show today. 
to discuss, yes, some of those more human elements that we can all enjoy, and that is some comedy. So, with that being said, guys, it is an explicit episode, uh, a few F-bombs here and there, and uh, by a few, I mean uh, uh, quite a few, sorry, Adam. Uh, but, so, th- if you do have small children that you like to listen to the show, no, this is a uh, a more not-safe-for-work show, um, but it's fun, and nothing worse than you'll probably see on a Netflix episode. I just watched John Mulaney. I think we're around the same um, F-bomb count as John Mulaney, so if you're going to compare the episode to John Mulaney, we're on a, a good a good starting point there. So, with that being said, folks, on to the show! Adam Nutter here on The Brian Nichols Show. Hey, man, what's going on? Thank no, you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I say, what's what's going on? Not too much, because we, we aren't really allowed to do too much. And, and I say that because we are both hailing from the brotherly, uh, wait, the city of brotherly love. There you go. It's, it's obvious I'm a new time uh, Philadelphian. So, uh, Adam, <laughs> welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for welcoming me to your humble abode in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, and yes, we are uh, recording during the middle of the COVID uh, lockdown right now. So, yeah, not much to do, but, you know, we, we seem no. to, to stay up to date and, and, you know, doing the things that we like to do, and, and I... You know, for one, do a lot of politics and podcasting, and, and you yourself, you're you're also involved in podcasting, but from a little different perspective, which is why I wanted to make sure I had you in the show, because right, right now, Adam, and, and candidly, we need people to make us smile, to make us laugh, because the world is just, it's so dark and depressing, and just, I think people really need the opportunity to take a breath and just smile. So, you host a comedy pad, uh, podcast called Nerds with Words, um, and it's you with uh, Neil Wood, and you guys have been doing this podcast for a while now, so let's kind of start out introducing yourself to the Brian Nichols Show audience, and then we'll uh, kind of go down this uh, this rabbit hole discussing uh, comedy politics, so I'm looking forward to that. So, Adam, with that, the floor is yours. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, yeah, no. So my podcast, Nerds of Words, you can catch that everywhere. It's uh, me and my buddy Neil Wood. We're two comedians. Uh, normally, when the world isn't ending, we're, we're usually out there doing comedy. And, and uh, we'll either have on like a different guest each week who's normally a comic or maybe not. Or it's just us. And we, uh, we have segments. We'll talk about like, you know, this week in nerd history. And we'll just catch up on like our personal lives. It's a lot of, it's a lot of jokes. It's a lot of uh, joking around. Um, we also talk about like some serious stuff. Like we'll cover politics sometimes. We'll get into serious conversations, but we're always trying to make the funny thing because we're comedians. It's trying to be goofy, you know, that, that's right. it. And for us to be anything more to be like, we're actually serious. It's like, we're not, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're just dumb. We're gestures. Right. So that's all we're doing. But uh, yeah, so check out nerds of words. That's available everywhere uh, on all the things, you know, that you can get podcasts. So this is the question that I ask myself, because I find myself, you know, I'll tell a joke every now and then I'll go, <laughs> I'm pretty funny. I could do stand up, And then I'm like, <laughs> no, no, I couldn't. Uh, because they were quite, I mean, really, you had to be on. Like, and here, I'll, I'll kind of do a little back, uh, you know, Brian Nichols history. So back in, in college, I was like Mr. Theater. Like, I was, I loved doing like musicals and any on stage performances. I was in acapella groups doing the musical directing for all that. Like, it was my jam. And I get like the whole performance stuff. But then there's, there's just something about doing stand up comedy or just comedy in general. It's, it's very, what's the word I want to use? It's very exposing to the extent that like it is you and it is the audience. And regardless of how you do, like you are at the mercy of the audience. And I've always been like kind of holding my breath because like, hey, when I sing, I know I can at least hit the note and I'll be good. But like stand up comedy, you're either funny or you're not. So let's kind of start here. Let's go down this this, um, this road that you, you found yourself on. How does one even start to think like, hey, I'm pretty funny. People think I'm pretty funny. Maybe I should get paid to do this. Uh, well, you know what, man? It's funny you say that. I feel like there's two types of people that get into stand-up comedy, and it's like people who are like, people tell me I'm funny. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it out, and like that does happen. And sometimes that is a success story, right? Like Burt Kreischer is like a big, he like he's like, yeah, people th- thought I was funny, so I went to comedy, and like one of the best comics out there, right? The other group of people who are like, I hate myself, 
and I'm sad all the time. I want to tell people about it. <laughs> Those are the two avenues of stand-up comedy, right? Um, one one is like trying to be like, oh, I want to take my comedic that my friends tell me to a whole new level. And the other one's like, I want to not kill myself. So how do I express it? <laughs> so it's stand-up what? comedy, you know? <laughs> but uh, no, I mean – it, 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 it is interesting. Personally, I was like, I always loved comedy. Like, I grew up in the uh, Opie and Anthony times, like uh, okay. when I was like 16, 17, listening to the, like Jim Norton, Patrice O'Neill, Bobby Kelly, Bill Burr, Rich Voss, like that crew. And I'm from New York. I'm from Staten Island. So, like, I was right there. I was, you know, trying to go see shows at like 18 years old. I started my very first open mic was at 18 years old in New York City. It was fucking nuts. So uh, I was terrible. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you you fucking you bomb like like it's weird, man, because like anyone who tells you like, yo, I'm, I was good my first time like is lying. Liar. They're not. <laughs> They're lying. Um, you go up there and you eat shit for like the first two, three years and then you start to, you know, get a few good jokes in there and then you start to build a, like a r- routine and set and you start to find your own voice. But like you sucked for the first God, I st- I'm doing it for seven years. I still suck. Like, it's, like, <laughs> it's it's like you because I think if you ever like I'm good, like you're you're not working on your craft. You like you know yeah. if you ever complacent in comedy, I think you failed as a comic. Oh man, well, well let me tell you what. Like so, my day job, I'm in sales. I lead a sales team, and like what you just spoke to, I think is true in any 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 industry you find yourself in. And I I, I tell sure. my, my my sales team this on a daily basis. It's like if you are not advancing yourself personally, both as a salesperson but also as an individual then you're you're either a stuck or you're going backwards because everybody else around you they're advancing they're doing the the extra you know whatever it may be the extra repetitions of you know going through a monologue in the mirror or you know the the salesperson they're putting in the extra 20 calls um or you know the the marketing guy he's he's taking seminars right now trying to like become the best part part in marketing he could possibly be for his department but like it's always trying to advance yourself. And my big my passion, especially now for me beyond Liberty and podcasting is fitness. I, I love, I mean, I used to weigh 385. I was a big, massive guy. I lost. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I, I ended up, so I told a story before with uh, Gary Collins. He's been on my show. He wrote the, uh, the simple life, um, which is like the secret to uh, basically living the best life you possibly could be. And one of them is your physical. Um, one of the areas he focuses on is your physical health. So for me, I went from back in 2000. Eh, nine I think it was I was 380 and I got down to around like like 200 at my my lowest weight and that I was just doing cardio man and then I just started doing weightlifting and that's that's become like my, my main passion is like weightlifting um focusing on you know clean eating and just uh, trying to constantly better myself and every day you go into the gym you have to push yourself past where you were the day before because otherwise mm-hmm. you, you literally will not get stronger because that's quite literally how getting stronger works. So it's it's interesting that we all seem to have um, you know this this one mindset going back to really working hard, hard work. It really does come down to you know what you put into things and what you're going to get out. And I think a lot of people when they look at comedians, they will instantly just kind of take away this this perspective of oh they were funny, so they they got on TV and then that was it. But really, I mean, you mentioned you've been doing this for seven years. There is so much blood, sweat, and tears that go into this, and and a lot of failures along the way. And I'll I'll kind of turn this towards uh, you know this perspective, Adam. And that is about the fa- the failures that you receive. And you know I I failed in my life. I'm sure you failed on, in your life. So let's kind of talk about when you you've gone through those instances of you know let, let's just be as honest as it can be, getting a, a big old kick in the balls in life, and trying to you know pick yourself back up and and make something of yourself. How were you able to do that as you were going through a, a very difficult industry, being that the, the the comedy industry? Yeah, man. I mean, 
I guess it's kind of like anything else, right? Even though it's comedy, which is different than like, let's say, an office job. But it's the same mentality where it's like, okay, well, I just bombed for seven minutes in front of fucking, you know, 80 people. That felt terrible. Let's go back and work on that too. I don't want to fucking hang myself. Like, you know, it's like bombing is like the worst. It's the worst feeling in the world. Because, again, like you said before, you're on an island out there. You have no one to turn to and lean on. Like improv, which is awful, by the way. But improv, like you could, you could like ask, like your, you could lean on other improv members, right? If I mean, whose line is it anyway? It was my jam growing up. I mean, yeah, no, I liked it too. Ryan Styles and Colin Lockery, those two, like the, the, the way that they would play off each other was, was just gold. But right there, you mentioned it, right? Like you have somebody to, to lean on. That's, um, that's like super high level improv, which is so hard to get to like that with the, like whose line, like shows like that is like that level of improv is like, you're on man. Like you're always on. Unfortunately, <laughs> I do a lot of comedy and sometimes they'll have improv on the same shows and it's like the local improv team and you're like, when is this over? Because <laughs> people are walking out. <laughs> like, yep. It's not great. But um, no, man, it's, it's like anything else. It's like, you know, you, you bomb, you're like, all right, let me rewrite rewrite what worked you record your set like you know you listen back to your set like oh where was the pop where was the laugh oh i i flubbed my setup oh i i mumbled this word it's just about reworking getting back out there as soon as you go like no i'm done all right well then you that's it you're done you quit yeah it's it's mental man like like anything else like you got to keep it's like being a kicker if if you're (laughs) yeah it's or like a dv it's like you know oh i I just i I just let up a 80 yard touchdown but New memory, next play, forget about it. Like you, you gotta oh, let it go. Yeah. It's very much like that, you know. Yeah, I it's like, you, man, I played football and like I'm, me so too. I, I, yes, yeah, so I played. A really, <laughs> I played safety. So I was. <laughs> I did. I did not play safety. Um, I so I was um back in high school. I was at this point in time uh in my weight loss journey like three hundred and four pounds. But I went to a small, small school. A, sm- a school so small, in fact, that my team, my school didn't actually have a football team. I had to play for another neighboring school's football team, and that oh, team wow. was so small that we had seventeen players. For the entire um, show, or Ooh. entire show, entire uh, entire team. So you That's had real to, Iron Man, quite literally. Yeah. So you had to <laughs> yeah. play offensive tack or offensive line, defensive line. I mean, I dude, I was a third string quarterback. Like, come on, three hundred four pound, like six foot four me. Like, no, it was it was silly at best. Um, but like you had to play offensive tackle and and defensive tackle. And like I remember, it was literally my first ever game. I was playing left tackle. And for those of you who are familiar with football, left tackle for a right handed quarterback is is pretty much like their their safety blanket because you're you're the blind, side. the blind side that's right the blind side <laughs> yep. and uh, literally and it was it was kind of like cliche it felt like it was a movie moment it was like the blind side movie actually with um which is the Michael Orr story but like the first play of the game this this guy double teamed me and the the outside linebacker got around my left shoulder and he he hit my quarterback so hard and like my quarterback he, wind knocked out of him and I'm like oh great I just killed Jeff and I was like <laughs> well you know what we need to do we need to make sure that never happens again so i have to remember what happened just now but i have to acknowledge that that will never happen again i do like completely close it out of my memory and i'm 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 telling that story because i think that kind of goes to the point you're saying is that like yes you you have to learn but at the same point in time you have to just 
you just have to fight through it. And and you can't let those things that, that tripped you up in the past really get in your way again. And it really is, is looking at those failures and learning from them and then using those failures to get better. Like, I'm not going to let that guy get around my left side and take out the quarterback again. Like, I'm going to make sure I'm doing everything in my power, whether it's working on my footwork or working on, you know, my explosiveness, uh, explosiveness off the, uh, the hike of the ball. Like, whatever it may be, I have to get better. And it is because you go through that adversity that you're able to acknowledge what happened, learn from it, and then ultimately get better. So... How would you say that, you know, as, as you've grown doing this, this comedy, you know, routine and, and going through the comedy circuits and stuff that you've taken, not only what you've experienced in the failures to learn from, but let's just say other people's failures. Cause I also have experienced Adam is, is it's a great chance to learn from when other people mess up because then they can say, Hey, don't do what I did. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think with comedy, a lot of that I think is like industry secrets is like, oh, that guy pissed off that person and now you know, he doesn't get booked. Like, OK, good to know. Like <laughs> shit like that. Like, you know, maybe don't talk bad about this person. Is it um, really it's, that it's simple not so- though? It's not like anything like you're on stage like and you you, you go down this road like like any certain type of uh, you know way you deliver a joke or anything like that. So you know what it is? It's like cause every, everyone's style is so different, right? And mm, there's really mm-hmm. no right way to do comedy. I, I, I mean, yes, there – man this is where it gets so like weirdly philosophical comedy because you get like old school heads being like no it's set up punch and then there's like the new <laughs> alt kids who are like it could be anything it's like well there's a middle ground somewhere right like it kind of got to fall in the line of somewhere so I, I it's hard for like okay like um maybe uh again i've been doing comedy for a bit maybe like a brand new comic who's coming up in the scene maybe the advice i give him might not be the right advice because maybe I'm giving him the way I do stand up, right? Where it's like, well, you should tell more like I'm like more of a storyteller. Like I tell a lot of personal stories, whatever. Maybe that's not their thing, right? So it's weird for me to be like, you gotta tell stories. He's like, well, I don't, I can't, I don't have any. It's like, well, I don't know what to tell you then. Like, no, like okay, there are gotcha. things where it could be like, move the microphone stand, like technical stuff. But it's it's more like technical, would you say? Yeah, like, te- like, yeah, like, uh, move the microphone stand. Don't wear shorts on stage. That's a big one. Really? Um, make- well, well, hold yeah, on, hold yeah, on. I hear a story yeah, there for yeah. that one. So let's dig into that. Why? Why no shorts on stage? Because it looks ridiculous. Like, I'm just telling you, that's the reason. Like, there's no other reason. Like, really? if you, if I'm on, yeah, if if I'm on stage doing anything really, for some music, could kind of get a pass with like punk and stuff. But like, any if I'm speaking, any type of oration, like a comedy where you have to like pay attention. If I'm wearing shorts for whatever, it just devalues what I'm saying. Now, let me, can I ask you this? Now, do you think that that's more so due to like it, it's in your head, like it's a, it's a psychological thing now? Because you're like, I can't wear shorts because I know it's gonna mess with me. And now when you you wear shorts, you're automatically thinking like it's gonna be like something that's gonna trigger like you to mess up. You know, this is like an easy Google search. Like I could have googled <laughs> fucking years ago, but. I've heard, and this this is so bro science, but we'll go with it. I heard there was a study done where, like, apparently people do like they don't take someone as seriously telling them instruction if they're on stage wearing shirt. I'm like, I don't know how true that is, but I was like, that sounds sciencey enough. I'll run with that. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't wear shorts. No one does though. Like, no comics wear shorts on. Like, it's like a rule. It's like it's like an unwritten rule. Don't wear shorts. Um. Don't say um and like, yeah. obviously, right? Make eye contact. Don't look away. Unless you're doing a bit, but like, you know, make eye contact. Don't look down. Don't look up. 
shit like that. Like, you know, what to do maybe if a heckler comes at you, like, well, don't be too mean right man, away. What a, what a transition that was, because my next question literally was going to be the age-old question of a heckler in the audience. And actually, it's funny, I went <laughs> to um, my first ever stand-up comedy um, that I ever saw in person. And granted, I'm from way, way, way upstate New York. So, I mean, for any stand-up comedian to get north of Syracuse was a big deal. And I'm two hours north from there. So, it was even even more so. Uh, and it was Akani, or, or, oh God, Stocky Economopolis, I believe his, his name is. Help me. From Bob and Wait. Tom's show. Oh, oh, I know who you're talking about, dude. It's, I know a, who you're talking about. Out, I'm not, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, know, really I know Greek. exactly who you're talking about. He's a really yes. Greek name. And it, my first ever going to see this stand-up comedian, it's in an old abandoned opera house. The upstairs had just got renovated, so it was a big thing. They fit like 300 people into a 100-seat area. And like within the first five minutes, a g- drunk guy in the front row starts heckling uh, the, the stand-up comedian. I'm like, and I start cringing, like obvious, because you're a member of the audience. So I can only imagine how bad it must be to be on the other side of the microphone and quite literally the other side of the entire audience. That's being the, the, the comedian on stage. How do you deal with a heckler like that? Like, it, I, I honestly, I think I would freeze. I don't know what I would do. So I'll be honest with you. For the seven years I've been doing comedy, like I really, I can almost count on one hand the times I've been like actually heckled. Like this is me personally, really? but my my buddy, but, but my buddy Dan, I've seen it happen to him. I don't know, seven times in like three months. So like, wow. it just is what it is. But and it's nothing he's doing wrong, by the way. It's just fucking cut of the moment. Like, you know, some guys being an asshole or some ladies being an asshole. But um, this is my personal. This is how I do it, and this is how what I tell people: if you come off mean and too aggressive right away, people, the audience seems to not. Go with you. I can. I don't know why, but if you like almost take it in stride, don't show you're mad, and just kind of try to talk to the person first, give them a chance, and if they, and then see what happens if you do that. The audience is like, all right, he's giving him a like. They're being cool. He's giving him a chance. He's trying. Then if he keeps going, then you could go off, and the audience is like, hey man, he gave you a shot. Now it's on you. You're being a dick. Yep. So fuck you. Like they'll turn on him or it's her. It's like a psychological thing, right? Like you're, you're, you're almost like creating like you're, you're, you're creating a situation where the heckler is, is heckling you. And now you're giving him a choice. Either A, shut up or B, mm-hmm. I'm going to turn everybody in the audience around you against you. And, and yeah. that's, I think one of the things that actually it's, it's funny. This is what the, the, the comedian did when I was there is that he, he ended up doing exactly what you just recommended. He, he, he oh, ha, ha, yeah, you know, man, like, you know, we're all here having a good time, right. blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Oh, how did you get here? Did you fly your yacht in? And like just being just completely belligerent drunk. And then the guy's like, everybody around you has paid, you know, 40 bucks to go see this, this, comedy act and you're gonna right. be up here ruining it for everybody and then like as soon as he said that you can hear the entire like you can just right. hear like that audible groan of everybody like towards this one guy and and it was just like this like very unifying feeling almost like a group think almost like we're getting deep into psychology yeah, right. here but to see right. like all of a sudden you the, the the comedian is able to take the entire audience and now you have control just based on your ability to deal with a heckler so i guess in the one or so instances that you've ever had that you know when you were able to try to turn the audience to like, not necessarily against him, but like, just give him a heads up. Like, Hey, it's here. I mean, you ever get to the point you had to kick somebody out of a, a show or no, never. I never had a personally or ever anybody ever got kicked out of a set. I ever was ever, I'm, I've been involved in show. Like I've been on a show where people got kicked out, but like during my personal set, no, no one's ever had to get kicked out. But 
Okay, like, for example, you just said, like, the guy was being a drunk ass. I was like, would you fly your yacht here? If I was a comic, I'd be like, you just say fly my yacht here? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, shit yep. like that. And then people, I, again, I'm not being mean. I'm just kind of being, like, kind of sar- sarcastic a little bit. And then the audience would be like, well, yeah, he can't fly a yacht. This guy's fucking dumb. You see? And I didn't even say anything. All I have to do is be like, do you just say fly my yacht here? Like, as in a boat. Right. And now, he's, fly a boat? now he's backpedaling, right? Now he's, like, he's explaining. And when you're explaining, you're losing. Right. And he and right and he's like no I meant like and you're like you meant like a plane uh, how right, did you yeah. get here did you fly your horse like see what I'm saying and <laughs> yeah. then and he could be like no fuck you be like well man I'm just asking questions see how easy it is yeah and then, it's and then so you had simple the, yeah and then you had the audience yeah. basically on your side and and then if he exactly. keeps being an asshole you just you know call security um but exactly. uh, now 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 this is a, a question that I've been curious about and it, it's. It's this whole idea of a comedy podcast, right? Now, I'm I'm a big fan of, of Dave Smith, Legion of Skanks, you know, him, Joe Rogan, I, I mean, yeah. Big yeah. J. Ogres. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, they're all yeah. just phenomenal stand-up comedians. And, and like, I listen to Legion of Skanks, and, and like, I laugh. But, like, I don't know. I, I personally, I, I don't know if I'm, it's, I'm trying to compare a stand-up comedy, like, routine with a stand-up comedy podcast. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I have oh, trouble. Oh, you can't. No, they're okay. two different things. So totally help me, help me understand then the 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 comedy podcast. Let's let's kind of and, and we'll use sure. this right as a, as a nice switch to talk about your podcast, which is um, yeah. the, the podcast Nerd with Words, um, which I'll Nerd obviously yeah, yeah include yeah. the link to the the your show in the show notes for sure. So folks, if you're interested as we're talking about Nerds with Words, um, all you have to do click your 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 podcast app, go to that show note, and just click the link here. I'll bring you right to it. So Nerds with Words, talk to me about being a a, a comedy podcast. Yeah, so again, me and my me and my buddy Neil Wood, uh, again, just two comics, uh, just talking shit. It, 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 see, again, stand up comedy like that's a routine, right? It's like the individual's mind. You're writing a story, essentially. You know, you're doing a, you're performing an act. A right. comedy podcast. If if I'm listening to a comedy podcast and I'm hearing an act or a routine, I'm like off. Get the fuck out. Like, I'm done. Like I am out because it's like you can't be funny. That means. Yeah. You just like, can't you, be naturally. You absolutely funny. cringe when you hear when you hear somebody hate like it. scripting trying to be funny. It's like, oh, hate it. Yes. Like, in fact, I'll tell you a big influence of that for me was ONA because listen, the old Open Anthony days, like when they would have in comics, like if they would call out comics, like just doing their act, like, hey man, don't none of that here. Like right. either you're funny or you're not funny. Like we're not going to prompt you, like be funny. So with our show, we're just like, hey, we're going to just try to be funny. So like we'll, we'll bust each other's balls because you know we're friends. Obviously, we'll make fun of each other. We'll go hard in the paint. <laughs> we'll go right. hard in the paint with each other. We'll go hard in the paint with with people in the world. Like I don't, I don't really care. It's a, it's our job, right? It's a, whatever. So like I can't get fired. So, <laughs> so I don't care. You know. So it's just trying to make people, laugh, especially now, it's just trying to make people laugh and get people's minds off their day. Even minus the COVID, forget COVID's going on. Even if COVID wasn't going on, it's like listen to us just to be like they're being goofy idiots. Yeah. And like, yeah, you might learn something because, again, we'll try to do segments like Neil will do uh, this week in nerd history. So whatever the week is, he'll go back in the whole entire history of the world and just try to find cool, interesting shit that happened. And then we'll kind of just try to make jokes off it. You know what I'm saying? It's all about a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything will lead to – try to lead to – or we'll just get into arguments because we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because it's like a real argument because <laughs> yeah, I'm a libertarian. He's a fucking dem. He's a lib. There you so, okay, so- <laughs> As I drop my microphone, because I'm super professional. Um, no, so that that right there, that was leading to my question, because you are a libertarian, and I was going to say, having somebody on your show who's a, a political foil to you, I'm sure must just create so much opportunity for content. 
It does, but we here's the thing. As it being a comedy podcast, we try not to really go into politics too much because, you know, okay. it's like – because you could go to other – there's other avenues for that, right? Like that's not our – Like the Brian Nichols show. Yeah, like the Brian – but no, but you're right. Like your show, part of the problem, uh, uh, the Sharp Way, Larry Sharp Show. You know, like there are better – like there are shows dedicated to that. You know, like mm-hmm. our show is where comedy – sure, we'll talk about politics. We'll talk about sports. We'll talk about a lot of shit. But like, you know, I I don't I I feel like people don't want to come to our show to be like, what do they have to say about Trump and Biden? It's like, right. that, do you that really, you know? <laughs> so it's more of like an organic conversation. And if politics happens to to pop up in conversation, yes, you guys you will, will kind talk of, about it. Okay. And, yes. and I guess like, because, how do you guys keep that that kind of a conversation like? How do you keep that kind of a conversation focused on the issues, right? Because that's obviously one of the hardest things to do is, is keep it focused and, and keep the emotions out of it, but also to like keep it lighthearted because you are a comedy podcast. So I'm sure that there must yeah. be, it, it must be a little bit of a fine line, right? Like walking the political angle, but also trying to like keep things up, upbeat and fun and engaging for the audience. So they're not feeling like they have to pick sides. Yeah. And like, and of course, but here's the problem. Like we're also human beings, right? So like <laughs> sometimes you forget, like, you know, <laughs> yep. and you just start to get into a, like, I mean, the argument's not going to go like into a real fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can just start to argue with your friend now over like, I'm like, Hey, you know, what's ridiculous. Like a, B and C. And he's like, well, no, that's you know, the government has to do that. I'm like, the government doesn't have to do anything. That's ridiculous. And then we get into <laughs> arguments like that, you know? And like, by the way, Larry Sharp's been on our podcast twice. Like I've been on his podcast twice. So like, we Neil can be turned with ideas. Like I will say that. Like, and I can too, by the way, I'm very open to that, mm-hmm. but like, I'm also not great at explaining things sometimes because my brain's dumb because I have a lot of concussions. Cause I also play, I played football for years. I did mixed martial arts for years. I got into a bunch of car accidents. So I have brain trauma. So my memory is not great, but like Larry Sharp is great at explaining things. Right. So Larry I'll have him so on be like, that. right. So I'll be like, Hey Larry, tell Neil about why school suck. You know, <laughs> like, tell him the thing that I can't explain. Good. And then Larry will be like, and then he'll be like, oh, okay, so here's a problem. He'll, and he'll be like, here's a problem. Adam, you're dumb. And Larry could explain it better. I'm like, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I have him on the show. Oh, but I mean, uh, I, One of my running jokes is that my, my entire shtick of my show is I just, I have people on my show who are infinitely smarter than me. Because I mean, honestly, <laughs> at the end of the day, like I, I think, and, and partly I think why I'm, I've had the success I've had at my show is because I think I approach things from a very... I don't know, real perspective. Like, I don't know everything about everything. I don't want to pretend that I do. And I don't know about, like, everybody else out there, but, like, I kind of hate when people pretend that they know everything. Like, when I go, if I turn on the mainstream media, or as uh, Michael Malice likes to affectionately call it, the, the corporate press, um, as I turn on that, you know, I hear, like, Don Lemon and Anderson Cooper and Chris Cuomo, and they're talking about topics that they they don't know anything about. And and they'll have people on that don't know anything about the topics, but they're acting as if they're experts on the topics. So I'm like, you know, wouldn't it make yeah. more sense to, to actually have an expert on a topic? Like, on a, a podcast, or not necessarily a podcast, just a one-on-one conversation to just ask questions and have them have... You know, not the, the confines of a 30 second response, but a entire 30, 45 minute, in some cases, hour plus long podcast to really right. like dig through these very complicated, nuanced issues that, <coughs> the, I mean, the corporate media will, will never dig into because it's not sexy TV ratings. But the, the funny thing right. is, Adam, is that podcasts are are blowing, blowing them out of the water. Out of I water. mean, look at look, look at Rogan. Oh, my God.
Hogan is at the absolute he quadruples best. their numbers. Yeah, like he's quadruples the, the best their numbers. for podcasts. His his numbers put I think it's like everybody at CNN to shame in terms of all their nightly numbers. All and of he, them: CNN, Fox, MSNBC, every yeah, single his one. Shows are like three hours long sometimes. I mean, he had that Alex by the, Jones by show. The way, though, Brian, you just said something that he says all the time. He says the way the news does. It, it, he's like, you can't get a real issue out in forty-five second sound bites. Yeah. Well, and you know what, Adam? And I'm this is my theory now. I, I, you know, I went to college for political science, so I think I'm actually. Oh, I went to college. Look at me. I know, right? And, and not only did I go to college for political science, but damn it, Adam, I'm going to say I'm, I dare have the ability right now with my degree to propose a theory. And that theory is, is that the reason that the media has so fervently been focusing on not just COVID-19, impeachment, Russia Gate, Jussie Smollett, um, Covington kids. The reason that they're focusing so much on these issues is because, yes, the old adage is it bleeds, it leads. But now that's all that sells. That's the only right. thing that they can do to get eyeballs is to make things. Fear. the Yeah, like fear. It's the end of the world. I mean, I don't know about right. you, but like we have died four times over since COVID-19 because we died from net neutrality. We died from the tax cuts being proposed by Dude. the Trump administration. I mean, like we have died so many times per what the media has presented as like end all be all of human existence. And honestly, I think that's why so many people are looking at COVID-19 and the response and they're, you know, raising some eyebrows and are very questionable just because of how things have been presented by the media before. And, you know, right. I, I think that's why right now we have, and I say we being the, the larger podcasting space, we have such an opportunity because there are people who are saying, I am so tired of this nonsense on TV and I'm so hungry for like a real legitimate deep conversation and to like actually have people who are experts about topics Talk about the topics in an expert type of way, not, you know, hey, we have Dr. Smith here on CNN for 30 seconds to talk about right. the, the, the negatives of this. And, one. It, and, and, this, and the question's always and it's always like such and this is they do it on purpose. And it's always like such a dramatic question that cannot be answered in 30 seconds. Like, so do you think we'll all die in the next one year from COVID? Go. And they're, and they're like, it's like, what? Yeah, well, and the well, doctor's yeah. like, um, I mean, if we don't, and it's like, all right, thank you very much. So you guys just heard it here yourself. The doctor said we'll yes. all be dead in a year from COVID. It's like, no, he did not. There it is. <laughs> that's, and that's exactly what they do. And that's, yeah. I think that's why podcasts are so great. I mean, dude, I, I don't know about you, but like I've gotten to the point with, with like social media, Twitter, Facebook, I don't really engage in responses back and forth when people like ask a question and they're doing the question in a way like to in, invigorate a, a response from me because I'm like, listen, if, if you're asking a, a question in good faith, then then you'll accept my good faith answer. My good faith answer is going to be, I have probably had somebody on my show who was an expert on the topic that you're asking about. And if I direct you towards this episode to listen to my discussion with that person, you will then get my position much more articulately than I can present to you in the confines of what? 140 characters on 280, Twitter. 280, yeah, 280 characters. Right, oh, that's right, right. right. We doubled. I right. forgot. We doubled so, it. Come on, man. Keep us the time. So that gives... Me, I think that gives me a chance to say, listen, if you actually want to to have that conversation, let's let's go that route. But I'm going to ask you to put a little legwork in on your end first. But if they're like, oh, I'm not going to go listen to your show. It's like, OK, then you don't want to have a real conversation, because if you presented me a podcast or an article to go read, you're damn right. I would go investigate it because I want to make sure that the information I'm presenting is as close to, if not, you know, 100% pristine in its accuracy. I don't want there to be, you know, any question to the information that the people who are coming on my show are talking about because 
I mean, they are supposed to be the experts. So if I hear something that's being presented as not being what the expert presented as their case, then I, I, I find it, you know, my responsibility to, you know, have another expert on who maybe is in that same field that can give a different take and maybe kind of fix the areas that the former expert didn't necessarily hit, you know, everything a hundred percent on, or I'll have somebody who's on the show who is completely different in that perspective. Um, you know, I've had people on my show who are democratic socialists. I've had people on my show who are, you know, extreme, you know, Green New Deal environmentalists. Um, I've had people on my show who are, you know, raging Trump supporters. And really, at the end of the day, I don't care what their political affiliations are, because at the end of the day, I just want to be able to have a conversation with them. And to to kind of go back towards your show is, I think, one of the best ways to, to speak to people is to give them the chance to laugh because once you, you kind of establish this, okay, we're, we're laughing together. Now we can go down this, this adventure together and not, you know, it's, it's silly, but like when I'm, you know, coaching some of my sales guys, now if they ever doing a cold call, it's like, tell a, not a joke, but like make, make a uncomfortable situation on the phone light by like telling right. like a, like make, making the situation funny. Like, you know, one of the, it's you know, almost hey, like doing crowd work in a way. Yeah. Like, Hey, I was pointing your direction to be the guy I want to speak to. <laughs> Are you the right guy? Uh, right. yeah. All right. I got to point the right way then. Like just something like that, that creates a, a feeling of like, okay, they're not, you know, just being some stiff asshole trying to sell me on a particular product on the phone. You know? Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I, I think also the thing about like comedy and stuff, and especially the whole culture, you know, with the whole PC swing, but I feel like it's swinging back the other way, but it's like, Hey man, we're just kidding. Like we're just joking around. Why are people taking what comics say so seriously? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, again, like, don't look at me. Like, yes, like, I, I, I do preach libertarian uh, party a lot. Like, I try to turn people. I try to, I do try to be a big, like, a voice in the liberty movement. Like, I do try to get people to the party. I have turned to people to the party, like, who have signed up to become part of the libertarian party. So, like, I do care and I, I am serious, you know, but also, like, if I'm talking about, I don't know, man like a crazy murder that happened on the news and I'm joking about the victim. Don't treat me and be like, that was insensitive. I, yeah, I know I was being insensitive on purpose, right? <laughs> that's the point. Like, that's, like, the that's, that's the fucking point. I'm being an asshole. I'm playing to, a over, to I'm playing Michael an over exaggerated version of myself. To quote Michael doing. Scott, there is no such thing as an inappropriate joke. That's why it's a joke. Yeah, but he's right. <laughs> but <laughs> really though <laughs> but he's right in his weird mind <laughs> michael scott like he it's like hey man i'm just lighting the fuck up well, like do you really think, think i'm like yeah seriously. that idiot blew up ha huh? you know like no i'm just kidding well, <laughs> like, and, that, and that's the thing too and like we've kind of just naturally gotten here to talk about like libertarian politics but like i mean i've been one of the biggest um you know i want to say proponents i, I don't yeah, kind of. I, I have been a thorn in the side of some people in the, the LP because I have just been so frustrated with the fact that too often than not, we don't take ourselves seriously to Dude, the extent that like uh, nobody else will. But like, I'm all for fun, but like, it seems like we, we have trouble with the Libertarian Party, like deciding like, where's that line between being a serious alternative, like political party who's like, trying to run for office to get political power like that. You got to take that seriously to like being fun and engaging to not be so stuffy that people who aren't in like the whole left, right paradigm that they can feel welcome here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, man. But it's like, because you have guys like Nick Sarwak who are the fucking LP chairman. And he's like, I, I'm, I'm for banning of guns and stuff. It's like, what do you, what? (laughs) What do you mean? It's like, you're the, I know, but like that's what, but that's the problem right there. 
is the party got taken over by these I don't know. I, I hate get that argument of like non-libertarian, libertarian, or what you know what I'm saying. But like, I, I feel like the Second Amendment's like one of the biggest pro. I mean, libertarian movements, and it's like you're talking about banning certain guns, and you're the LP. I don't know, man. It, it's well, are you the chairman? The, are you the yeah. LP chairman? I don't know. It's just like well, the argument, right? And this is the hardest part that libertarians have always had with with trying to talk to people outside of the libertarian movement is that our ideas are radical. And we have to, yeah. we have to just accept that, right? Like, instead of excuse, like trying to explain away like liberty, like I mean, Gary Johnson, he played his part in 2016. He got us on the the, the ballot access for all 50 yeah, states in 2020. I, I, he did, but like, here's the problem with Gary. And I'm have to cut you off, Ron. No, sorry, but, but go like, ahead. Just, just like, here's the problem with Gary Johnson. You know, he's dumb. Like he was dumb. Like him and Bill, we- like it's like come on, like that. That's the best we could do. Well, so and that's that's the 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 point I was making is that like Gary, yeah. when he was asked what does it mean to be a libertarian, he would give a very non-libertarian squishy answer. And right. I think a lot of it, now I'm not maybe going to go as far as saying that Larry, or, uh, Gary was dumb, but <laughs> I will say that maybe he was not as educated on libertarian principles as he should be being the face of the party. And I think we do have a chance right now with people like Jacob Hornberger who's running. Yes. Um, but also, you know, the, the rumor is that a certain congressman who has appeared in this show um, may be exploring um, running for LP nomination as a libertarian uh, candidate. Uh- Hint, hint Justin Amash. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I know who you're talking about. But, uh, but, but I mean, uh, at the same point in time, like, at, at least, I mean, in, I, I don't even want to get into the arguments about Justin with the whole impeachment thing. Like, that, that's a, an argument that I'm sure he will have to have when he's debating people on stage. But it will give us a chance, despite Justin's positions on, on that, let's say, to have two real libertarians be the, the fighting, really, to be the face of the party. And, and, I feel more comfortable having someone like a Justin Amash be a libertarian and be asked on TV, what does it mean to be a libertarian than Gary Johnson? Because I mean, sure. Justin Amash, okay, he knows yeah. this stuff. He knows Hayek. He, I mean, every time he's on a, a show, he's talking about Hayek. I mean, he was on, I think it was Kibbe on Liberty most recently. And he was talking about Hayek. And it's like, Okay, Gary Johnson's not going to go on, uh, you know, a libertarian podcast to talk about Hayek. He's going to go on and talk about like He didn't even know companies. where Aleppo was. Right. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like now we have a chance to have somebody like, and, and I'm not going to just talk about Justin. I mean, Jacob Hornberger, he's been on the show as well. I mean, Jacob is very respectable in terms of his, not only his, his the way he presents himself, but he is, uh, he's like a textbook. It's amazing. Yeah, like hearing I, I, him I, rattle I mean, off this information. He's super impressive. I mean, my personally, I would like him for uh, president and then Larry Sharp or VP pick, but that would I'm be biased. wild. Larry Sharp's my, my friend of mine. Larry's <laughs> a good guy. I love Larry. I, I know, but it's weird because like I'm his friend. I don't know. I feel like being friends with the guy and be like, yeah, of course it was like I don't know, like endorsing. I was like, oh no shit. <laughs> well, it's of like having. Um, I had Eric Larson on my show, and uh, Eric Larson, he's a doctor up in Michigan, and like he's personal like best friends with Justin Amash, and like it, it's the exact same kind of situation. I, I totally get it. <laughs> but yeah, no, but I do agree with you. Yes, I'd rather have somebody who is way more uh, literate, <laughs> well-read about libertarianism than represent the party. But I just feel like we here's a, here's a, I think here's what we have to do first as a party. And again, I'm a I'm a comic, so don't take what I say. <laughs> this, this is my opinion. But like, think <laughs> with the party, um, we have to. For, I feel like we're we're too focused on trying to get on the ballots like so we're trying to almost infiltrate like the system too much we should we have to infiltrate the people first uh, I see if that saying. makes sense no it does because because so i've actually been juggling this kind of 
like perspective in my head as well because there is that system like top down approach and and it I think it is important to to acknowledge like it is a pain in the ass to get on on ballots because of the restrictions like the restrictions they have in place but yeah, to your I mean, point exactly Larry told right. us on on our show actually when he was on our show he said that when he was running for governor of New York the second or the second time he wanted to run. Uh, they changed the rules that he needed like fifty thousand signatures yes. now instead of like twenty, Correct. and like a certain amount of money raised. And he's like, "What? Yeah, we well, just change the rules." They're like, "Yeah, the bro, <laughs> all the time." And, and that's yeah. where I think your point about like changing the culture is definitely yes. one that we need to we need to take you know it, deeply into consideration. Because yes, we can invest our time and efforts into changing the the the, the structure in place, but. At the same point in time, if you already have changed the hearts and minds of the voters in general, they're going to be more empathetic to our, our arguments when we bring them forward. And if, if you know, you have a prominent, and I've, I've been beating this drum since I've started the show, it, you know, if you are a prominent individual in your community and you're, you know, let's say you're a successful business person and, and you are a libertarian and, and you are well respected, you don't think that like the, the local community is going to look around and say like, why can't they run for office? Because their party's not in the, the bat, like, why? And, and that they're going to start asking questions right. and like that, that I think is, is going to be more of a win in terms of like actually getting people more aware about what's happening versus like just saying, Hey, by the way, we do have ballot access, but I think it is important again to acknowledge that getting the ballot access is a pain in the ass oh, and it is sure, a, a major sure. feat. And, I, and kudos to Larry up in New York for doing mm-hmm. that for uh, 2018. Yeah, that was super impressive. I'm, I was proud of him, but like, it's just like, because here's the thing, like you, you, you talk to the general public and and I'll be like, you don't need the government for like anything. And they'll be like, and again, and I know this is like classic one on one libertarian argument. What about the roads? Like, <laughs> fuck, man. Come on with the roads. Like, it's always so the roads. Easy. It's so, always their go to. Like, there's no other thing. Just the roads. It's like first. But that's always a mind blower to me. Like, there's other things, guys. You could choose other things to say. But the ro- OK. And the second thing is, like, again, it's so simple. Domino's is paving potholes for free. Yep. All takes. Literally. <laughs> it's just it's just because it's like, could we just put our logo here? Like, yeah, go go nuts. Yeah, well, that was Larry's idea for uh, infrastructure yes. in New York. Like, yes, let, let exactly. companies put their, their logo on the bridges. Like, who cares, right. who cares? If, if the Pepsi Cola bridge? Like, it's going to get maintained because now Pepsi Cola doesn't want to have the uh, the right. airways filled with. There was a massive uh, pile up on the Pepsi Cola bridge because right. of they, the steel they beam the, collapsed. Right. Like, exactly. They don't want the bridge to collapse and be like, well, I guess Pepsi's ruined forever. It just kills 47 people. <laughs> exactly. And, that, and that, what, that quite literally would ruin Pepsi forever. Of so they would have would. a vested interest to make sure that that never freaking happened. And they would but do everything it, they could to make sure that happened. If you tell people that – but Brian, I can't tell you. I'm blue in the – I'm sure you are too. Blue in the face <laughs> from this argument. They'll still be like, no. It's like, what more do you want me to say? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I, what, I hate what when libertarians are told we don't have solutions. Say. Like, if, a, I, I, if I hear that one more time, like, libertarians oh. never have solutions. It's like, no, you, we have solutions. You just Dude. don't like them because you're stuck right. in what you're stuck this in your is. Bubble. This is the way it's always been done. That's Dude, the worst this, thing you can say. I, you're on Twitter a lot. I'm on Twitter. I, it's funny too. You said before you're like, I don't engage in trolls. I'm like, all I do is engage in <laughs> trolls on Twitter. That's like that's my bread and butter. <laughs> please, I please love it. It's, fill it's the so void. fun. It's so fun for me um, no but like you see on twitter and like all the libertarians are quiet during the pandemic i'm like what no no we're not we've been so loud we've been so loud also we have the answers because the answer was mm-hmm. um the this is also my big thing it's like the government's like hey we, we lifted the regulations the private companies can make masks it's like so you're telling you me if you, could just, if you could right you're the problem and two so if you could just lift regulations in the time of crisis i feel like 
those should never be there to begin with then. Right. Like, wouldn't it make more sense to not have those regulations so that, like, we wouldn't be in a situation right. where you need to make more masks it's really so, quickly? It's so dumb. But there's no other reason besides, the, well, the government wants money and the government wants power. That's the only reason. And if I say that, like, oh, my God. Uh, uh, God it's this so morning, tiresome. This morning, my sister-in-law was on the phone with my wife, and they were just talking. And they were talking about, like, my, my sister was like, the, the government and police, just, they just care about your safety. I was like, no, they don't. <laughs> I was like, they absolutely do not. <laughs> it's, well, and that, that's, I mean, oh, you want to you go down like an entire other, um, you know, road here. And unfortunately, we're getting close to time. But I mean, right there, it, I think that's entirely due to the fact that we have a, a pretty firm control of the education system by the federal government and by the state governments in terms of number one, who's actually doing the educating, but number two, the curriculum that's going to be taught. And largely it's, it's, it's passed down from the federal government edict to the states to say, listen, you're going to be teaching this certain standard if you want to get these federal dollars, or you're going to be doing this certain thing to get these federal dollars. Same thing for local, local, uh, schools and stuff. That's the same thing in the states. And, and now Dude, we have now people that, yeah. home. People are home, wor- like working from home, and they're they're homeschooling their kids. And I'm 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 cautiously optimistic that the more time kids are home, and the the more time that parents see that like maybe it would make sense to do a homeschool, or yep. maybe they don't like what the kids are learning when they actually see like they're seeing the the classes and they're seeing how things are taught. That we might have a pretty big homeschool movement, um, you know, Good. whether it's it's like done by decision or like it has to be done because COVID continues for a long time. And right. I'm I'm like, huh, that might open a few eyes, and that might make the like <laughs> some of the the people in government be like, well, we're con- we're not able to control the narrative now from the education. So what your sister uh, was it your sister or your sister in law on the phone saying, yeah. yeah, like like. There, that that kind of an argument is entirely because that's what we're told from you know, right, when you're, exactly. you're growing up. Like, who do you go see if you're lost? <laughs> you go see a nice police right. officer. They're going to take care of you. And like, right. yeah, okay, that's true when you're four. But like, if you're told that as you grow up, that like, the, you're always equating, you know, good and bad with police people and, and then, you know, the bad guys, the criminals, instead of looking at like, well, why? Like, what what happened? what what Why is this person uh, considered I, a bad person? You know? I tell people all the time, too. I'm like, do you know what our school system was based off of? And people are like, no. Shooting. And I go... I go well. Yeah. <laughs> I go. Uh, it was based off the Austrian school model, yep. where it was all about authority. Pay attention to the person in the front of the room. You do what you're told. You pledge allegiance. It literally, it's literally yes. being like you pledge allegiance to the authority. And then I tell people that, and they go, "Nah." I go, "No," but that's actually true. Puritan farmers yes. from Austria came here, and when they were farming their land, they implemented the school system, and that's how it got implemented by Austrian farmers. Well, and why do we know that? Why do we know that, Adam? And and, and I think, you know, as we, we get to wrap up here, I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that we have gone out of our way to educate ourselves. And yeah, that's, that's really it. That's, <laughs> that's really and that's it, the yeah. thing. Like, and and yeah. when you have the education system that is controlled by the government, they, they kind of, they set the standard as to what what is worthy of being learned. And right. and if they set that standard and they completely, you know, re- like leave out the, the important stuff, like, how did we get to where we are as a country? Like, how do taxes work? How should I balance a credit card? Like, 
why is debt, you know, why, why should we be, that be should all be taught in high school, by the 100% way, a hundred percent it should, but of course it's not going to be, we're going to be focusing on trigonometry and I'm going to be told to draw a proof of a triangle and say, prove that's a triangle. I'm saying, I can look at it. It's a fucking triangle. <laughs> it's a triangle. And, and I get told that that's, that I need to know yeah. that when I'm, you know, 28 years old, because when I'm 28 years old, one day you're going to be using that and you're not going to have a thing in your pocket. that's going to give you all the answers. Well, that was also bullshit because I have a, a phone that can give me more information than what you could possibly get from a textbook back from 19 like 1995 like come on like do you remember how uh remember like i'm 33 so like i was drilled growing up like your handwriting has to be perfect i was like no it doesn't or cursive (laughs) yeah yeah it's all nonsense like it's all just it's all like like you're sheep be a sheep listen to me nonsense is all it is it's all it's all it is and I'm, i'm i'm cautiously optimistic that we are at a point now where because because people are seeing how much, and, and again, I'm apologizing to my audience in advance because they've heard this like four times in the past like month. Um, but like <laughs> the more that people have been able to see how many times that the government has gotten in the way of the answers, I think we're just getting more and more to strengthen our arguments. And, and when we do have the chance to go into the, the vote, you know, really going towards the election as people go to the voting booth, we have a chance to win people over. And I'm, I'm hoping that libertarians can take a moment and, and stop being the ones to preach and to lecture and to be the ones now who are teaching and, and giving words of encouragement and trying to say, listen, folks, right now things are rough, but there is a, a, an optimistic future. And all you have to do is look at the things that we're able to do right now because government has gotten out of the way. And we need to continue to to foster that going forward because we don't want to get into a situation where what happened, you know, from March going forward happens 10 times worse in the future because government got in the way and prevented us from being able to meet the, the call when we needed to. And I think if we present that argument in that way, we will win much more uh, people over in terms of actually talking about the merits of our argument than we would if we were saying, look at how stupid government is. All these people died and just keep being negative and preaching and saying, we we told you so, even though, and I trust me, even though it feels so good to say that, and we right, we rightfully deserve the chance to say that, but we have a responsibility if we want to really do what we're supposed to do here, and that's spread the message of liberty and actually win people over. Now we have to play a different role. So I'm hoping folks that you will take what we are talking about here today um, with Adam Nutter as something that you will, uh, you'll, you'll, you know, walk away with and become educators for, uh, for the folks out there. Uh, and if folks, you want to get more educated on uh, not only Adam, but also uh, his, his cohort, uh, Neil Wood over at nerds with words, Adam, where can folks go ahead and follow you, but also all the great work you're doing. Yeah, man. Uh, just follow. I am on at Adam Nutter on Twitter, at Adam Nutter on Instagram, at Adam Nutter Comedy on Facebook. All pretty simple to find. Um, uh, ner- again, Nerds with Words. We're available on every app, uh, Laughable, Stitcher, podcast app. If you have Android, all, podcasts, or whatever the hell it's called. I don't know. We're on, we're on all <laughs> this stuff. Um, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can f- YouTube.com slash Nerds with Words. Uh, and again, guys, I know it's like rough out there economically for everybody out there, but if you guys are willing to donate a dollar to our Patreon, you get all of our extra content. Ooh. Um, yeah, all of our extra videos. We, we're putting out a lot of extra Patreon content right now, guys. And they, it's not like a regular show. So we'll do, oh, like the other day, uh, the other episode we put, we put out yesterday was, uh, we, Neil and I played, would you rather? 
So like, would Classic. you rather, yeah, have you know knives for fingers or penises for fingers, shit like that, you know? <laughs> so, so we did we did a whole episode of that. We 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 ranked. We did one episode. We ranked all of our the the whole entire MCU list in order of our favorite to least favorite. So like, we're trying to make it fun. We try to make it engaging. We have other tiers too, but just Patreon.com/slash Nerds with Words. A dollar does get you access to everything. So go check that out if you are willing. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Just subscribe, download a lot, all that wonderful stuff. Awesome. Adam Nutter, thank you for joining the Brian Nichols Show. We'll make sure we include all those links to the show, uh, both Nerds with Words, but also your social media as well as Neil's uh, in the show notes. So, folks, if you're interested, go ahead and follow there. Adam Nutter, thank you for joining the Brian Nichols Show. Thanks, brother. Alrighty, folks. That's going to wrap up my conversation with Adam Nutter. It was a fun, right? I told you guys. It was it was a fun conversation. Um, it's something that you get to kind of walk away feeling like, oh, I don't have to go and do something. Because usually I ask you guys to share the episode because usually the episodes have something about them that is is you know in terms of some political weight or some you know some message that needs to be shared now today is a fun episode so my my ask to you is to share the episode if you enjoyed it if you if you found yourself laughing if you found yourself you know learning if you found yourself being unplugged for a day which is the goal of today's episode then i challenge you to share with your family and friends yes go ahead share it tag me on social media on twitter facebook minds.com at B Nichols Liberty. If you enjoyed the episode, also be sure to uh, go ahead and shoot Adam a, a message. Give him a follow on social media and tell him you heard him here at the Brian Nichols Show. Uh, but guys, with that being said, I really don't have too much more to uh, to say other than just keep your eyes open for your podcast catchers. We have so many great episodes coming down the pike here um, from talking about market urbanism, talking about China, talking about guys running for Congress. All that in between. So many great conversations coming up here as we go towards the second half of 2020. So that being said, folks, my one last ask would really to be keep on suggesting awesome guests like you have at Brian at BrianNicholsShow.com. That is how I've been able to really reach so many phenomenal people. So if you represent somebody, if you yourself are a candidate or you have a great product or you have a great story that you want to tell, make sure you email me, Brian at BrianNicholsShow.com. But with that being said, I have nothing else to add. Go enjoy your weekend. Be smart, be safe. But with that being said, Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Adam Nutter. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at BrianNicholsShow.com.